And so the series that we're teaching from, the church, which is the called out ones, those who are called out and who desire to impact. And then we deal with soul battles. Soul battles deal with our disobedience to the word or our ignorance of the word. Okay, Jesus asked a question. We taught on it last week. He said, what is more important than your soul? Now, he didn't say what is more important than your spirit. <laughs> he said, what is more important than your soul? Then he asked the question, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, but then lose your soul? What does that mean? That means what does it profit you to receive everything or intake all of the knowledge and the wisdom of the world to bring it into you and to damage your soul to the place where when he calls you to do a thing, you can't show up and do it. What does it profit you to receive all of these accolades from the world and education and, and the, uh, and the uh, students, uh, um, the uh, most dynamic positions in the world, but then in the end, when he calls you out to do a thing, you are unprepared. Say, I am predestined. You are predestined. So if you are predestined, that means you need, you, you, you need to be getting ready ASAP. Say ASAP. ASAP. I am predestined. Predestined, meaning he predetermined what you would be before you came to this planet. Which means all of your time, your will, and all of your heart should be spent right there in that place where you're predestined to become, what you're predestined to do. And then we have deliverance. And as I keep telling you guys, deliverance is more about, deliverance is more about him removing us from a thing than us, than something being removed from us. Okay, I don't want you to think that deliverance means that you need a demon cast out of you. Okay, I don't want you to, to think that, uh, that, that there's a spirit in you and it needs to come out of you. That's not what deliverance is all about. Now, the reason why I say that is because some of us came to the Father in our 20s, some came in our 30s, amen? Some came in our 40s, some came in our 50s. If, if this is the case, that, that we are demon-possessed, then <laughs> over all the years of your life, all of the knowledge and the wisdom of the world and all of the things that you have acquired from the world that are in you, if we need to get all that out through prayer, through one session, you're in trouble. So deliverance is more about removing you from a thing, bringing you to safety and preservation. Okay, deliverance is not about pulling something out of you. All right, it is about removing you from the world. Jesus said, I would not leave you orphans. So what was he saying? I'm going to remove you from the orphanage. Then I'm going to remove the orphan. Okay. Like I tell people all the time. If this was all about sin, then he choose none of us. Everybody in here was 100% sinner when you came to him. So if it's about sin, none of us are worthy. It's not about the sin. It's about you allowing the word to become flesh. And the more that the word becomes flesh, the sin leaves. It is pushed out. The more you put him in you, the other things leave. Okay? 
you are ignorant and uneducated, the more you show up to class, come on. The more you show up to a learning environment, what happens? You become. So I just got a couple scriptures on this morning. I do, just a couple. Uh, our first passage of scripture is going to come from Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to do 1 through uh, 16 for my note takers. And it reads, And seeing the multitudes, he, mean Jesus, went up on the mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them. All right, he opened his mouth and he began to teach them. He began to give them instructions, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. <laughs> Blessed are those, here we go, who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you, say me. me. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil things against you falsely for my sake. Verse 12, rejoice. Oh my God. So we got the wall, and he said, rejoice. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. He didn't just say glad. Be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The title of our teaching on the day is The Church and the Blessed Life. The church and the blessed life. Now, we already know that the church are those who are called out of darkness into his marvelous light or those who are called out of darkness to reveal his marvelous light. So we are the church because we impact the world. We can't be the church and look like the world. We can't be the church and think like the world. We can't be the church and act like the world. So we're going to talk today about the church and the blessed life. Now, Jesus sits his disciples down and he begins to teach them. Now, he's teaching them what? About the kingdom. What is he preparing them for? To become the church. 
His whole agenda is to come here on earth and to bring the kingdom. He first declares the kingdom. He says, repent, which means change your mind. Change the way you think. He said, because the kingdom of heaven is available. Now, up until that point, there was a 400-year gap in which God didn't even speak. He never spoke. And they were under the rule of the Pharisees. <laughs> Say religion. So Jesus is coming on the scene, and now he is going to release those things that come from heaven. He is teaching his disciples. Because why? His plan is to build the church. So he starts off. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. He says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, to be poor in spirit means to be humble. Humility means to what? Empty myself out. Empty my mind, my heart, and my will so that he can be all in me. Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and in the middle of talking to them, he stopped and he said, Father, he said, I thank you that you hide these things from the wise and the intelligent and you give them to babes. Say poor in spirit. So he let us know that the things of the kingdom are not for people who have wisdom, worldly wisdom. The kingdom does not come to you because you've been living on earth for 90 years. It does not come to you because you have earth experience. Say amen. It does not come to you because of intellect. It does not come to you because you are learned, because you, because you are highly educated. That's not the, it doesn't come to you because of that. The kingdom belongs to you when you become poor in spirit. Spiritual intelligence starts with, watch this, practicing righteousness. How many people do we know that are astute, that have high IQs, but they say there is no God? And the Bible says this, a fool says there is no God. The Bible says that the begin, that, that, that fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So until we revere him and his word and his truth, he says, you don't, you don't know anything. Because we have to go from knowledge to what? Understanding. Now, I'm going to stay on this point for, for, for a couple seconds because you have to become poor in spirit to be all the rest of them. And so he says the beginning, uh, 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 fear, the fear of the, of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. He says in all you're getting, get an understanding. Then he says that wisdom is how we build the house. Your life, your purpose, your destiny, everything he has called you to do can only be built with what? Wisdom. It can't be built with knowledge. It can't be built with understanding. It can only be built with wisdom. 
In order for us to acquire wisdom, we have to be what? Poor in spirit. So he says, watch this, blessed are the poor in spirit. That word blessed means happy. It means you are overjoyed. So he said, look, the kingdom will become yours when you are not just poor in spirit, but you are elated to be it. He said, if you humble yourself, I will what? Exalt you. But, but it can't, it's not false humility. It's a humility that comes from my heart. I love being humble. Oh, boy. So he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. He said, the blessing doesn't come to you until you are overjoyed with being humble. Then he said, blessed are those who mourn. He said, because they will be comforted. So he said, look, until you are happy in a position of mourning, meaning you cry Abba, meaning you have a loss of natural life, meaning that your cries and your prayers are for the kingdom agenda. He said, blessed are those that mourn. He said, for they shall be comforted. Then he said, blessed are the meek. He said, for they will inherit the earth. What is meekness? It's control power. He said, for those who are, who are meek, he said, they will inherit the earth. Then he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Now, he said, you, we would not be blessed until we are overjoyed and our appetite is given over to his word. Until we get a hunger for practicing righteousness, because this is how we define our spiritual intelligence. By obedience to the word. If he said, love all men, we don't have a choice, right? If he said, love all men, he said, you owe no man anything but to love him. So our spiritual intelligence comes when no matter what situation, no matter what circumstance, even in offense, I love. And he said, when I get to this place where I'm overjoyed with being meek, I'm overjoyed with hungering and thirsting after righteousness. He said, then I will be filled. He said, blessed are the merciful, those who have mercy on others. It's going to get good in a second. I know right now it's challenging. It hurt. It don't feel good. He said, blessed are the pure in heart, those who are sincere. He said, those are the ones who will see God. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, those who have love in them and it is released. He said, these are the ones who will be called the sons of God. Then he said, hmm, I have two uh, uh, index cards in the front of my, uh, my bag. Could you get them for me? My book bag. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, those who have the love of God in them. And when they're put in circumstances, they love to release that love. Then he said, blessed are those who have been persecuted for righteous sake. So he said, you are blessed when you have no problem being mistreated 
on the account of others. <laughs> yeah, those, I appreciate you. Then he said, blessed are you when people revile you, meaning insult you. He said, and persecute you and say all kinds of evil things against you falsely for my sake. So he says, blessed when we don't mind being insulted. We don't mind being mistreated. We don't mind being spoken evil of and we don't mind being falsely accused. Then in verse 13, now, and if you look at the, uh, um, if you look at the version of this in Luke chapter 6, verse 20 and 23, when he's teaching about the Beatitudes, now, Beatitudes means to be, uh, 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 to walk in supreme happiness, all right? Now, when he taught this same scriptures, or he mentioned it in Luke, from Luke 6 to 23, he taught the Beatitudes. Then from Luke 6 and 24 through 26, he said, woe to those who are self-satisfied. Now, in those woes in Luke chapter 6, verse 26, he said, be woe. He said, woe. He said, be careful when men are always speaking good things about you. I'm going somewhere. Wait till we landed. You're going to see exactly. He said, woe. That be careful when men are always saying good things about you. Now, you would think that would be an indication we were doing well. But the blessings of the world come when the blessings of the world come when they lift you up. That's why he told him, he said, when you practice righteousness, he said, don't do it before people. He said, because you will get your reward. You can show everybody how well you can pray, but it didn't reach heaven. You can tell everybody how much you gave. He said, but heaven didn't recognize that. So you will get no reward. The reward was you letting people know because we have a thing in which the churches get into a thing that the world does in which we need their approval. We don't need the world approval. We need the word's approval. We need heaven to speak for us. But that's a difficult situation and it becomes very difficult because a lot of times, people don't see what heaven sees. They don't see what heaven sees. And so we're doing the right thing, and everything is coming against us. And he says, when that thing happens, that's when you're blessed. <laughs> he said, that's when you're blessed. So in Luke chapter 6, verse 27 through 36, he then talks about loving your enemies. He's teaching them what? How to be blessed. We're blessed when we love our enemies. Then from Luke 6, 37 to 42, he's taught about not judging. Then from verse 43 to 45, he taught about a tree and its fruit. Then from uh, um, verse 46 and 49, he talked about the two foundations. You building your house on either sand or on the rock. Now, Back to Matthew. Matthew 5 and 13 says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? 
It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Now, he talked all about this being blessed. He said, you're blessed because you're poor in spirit. He said, you're blessed when you mourn. You're blessed when you're meek. You're blessed when you hunger and thirst after righteousness. You're blessed when you're merciful. You're blessed when you're pure in heart. You're blessed when you're a peacemaker. You're blessed when you have been persecuted for righteous sake. You're blessed when people revile and persecute you for, and say all kind of evil things against you falsely for my sake. Say for my sake. So this doesn't just happen. This happens while you're on assignment. We're not talking about you not living the life. We're not talking about you not having a church life, a church home, a spiritual life, and people talking about you. We're talking about you being on assignment, him calling you to do a thing, and why you do the thing, you're being ridiculed. People are coming up against you. People are lying on you. And in those moments right there, he said, you're blessed if you remain poor in spirit. If you see the adversary, you see the adversity coming against you. And he said, you are only blessed when, when you are happy to be poor in spirit. When somebody come talking all type of noise to you and you have to take the high road. Some of y'all looking like I've been through this this week. This happened this week. Okay. So he would list all of that. Then he would say, you are the salt of the earth. How many of y'all know they were not the salt of the earth at the moment? He was teaching them that if they lined themselves up with those nine things, that they would be the salt of the earth. He was teaching them that this is, this is, this, that this is how we become a different flavor than the world. Amen? Amen? So verse 14, he says, you are the light of the world. First, he says, you are the salt of the earth. Now, salt is a, not only a different taste, but it preserves things. Which means that the moment that the only reason why the father has not released hell and wrath is because the church. It's because his sons and daughters. The moment that there is no salt in the earth, there is no reason for him to withhold the wrath. It becomes like the days of Noah. Verse 15 Verse 14 says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. So if we are his light, we should be seen. Amen. Verse 15 says, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a bush, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Verse 16 let your light shine. Say, my light. my light. Let your light shine. So shine. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify who? Your so Jesus, even here, says our whole purpose of doing this thing is to reveal the Father. He said, our whole purpose of doing these things is to reveal the Father. The whole purpose of you being poor in spirit is to do what? Reveal the Father. The whole purpose of you being meek and mourning is to do what? Reveal the Father. The whole purpose of you being a peacemaker is to do what? 
reveal the Father. Your whole purpose of, 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 of enduring persecution and insults and allowing people to say what they got to say about you, knowing that your blessings come from where? Heaven. The whole purpose of us doing this is, is for what? To reveal the Father. He said, let your, your lights so shine before men that they may see your good works. Now, we want to skip past that. Let your light so shine before men, in front of men. He says that they may see, that they may see your good works. Because you know, sometimes we take on a mindset that, that, that God know. <laughs> no, he said they need to see your good works. And when they see your good works, then they glorify the Father. So which means that as Jesus, at, when Jesus died on the cross and said, it is finished, he played tag. And he said, now y'all the mediator. Now y'all the mediator between God and men. Now they will only see the Father if they see him in you. Philip said, show us the Father. He said, I've been with you a long time. So which means that when, as, as men and our family and people and our bosses and our jobs and the people who we congregate with and talk to as we, have, as we congregate with them, after a while, they should what? See the Father. That's how you know you're powerful is when men come into your presence Women come to your presence, and then all of a sudden, they become children of God. You can't hang around me and not become a child of God. Everybody who comes in our presence and remains there become children of God. Everybody who don't want to be a child of God, they flee. They run. They fight. They argue. Why do you think? People don't stop coming to church because of the, the, the people in the church. Okay? They stop coming to church because they, haven't, they have no agenda to become like the Father. They'll blame everybody else. <laughs> They'll blame everybody. But in the end, it's, the truth of the matter is, Edmund, they weren't poor in spirit. And then what happened is this. They'll swear, they'll swear to God they blessed. They'll swear to God they're blessed. The Father puts you in a situation where you can be humble. You reject the situation in pride, and then you walk away Saying the Father, bless me. What I want to get out of this church is, this is one thing I want to get out of this church, is money being a blessing. Amen. I got to get it out of the church. Money is not, no, money is not a blessing. Being poor in spirit is a blessing. Amen. According to the word. Being meek is a blessing. All right. Here we go. 
Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Why don't y'all read that for me, then I'll read it. So, blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every, he didn't say some, not a few, with every spiritual blessing. It ain't carnal. It ain't natural. It ain't earthly. With every spiritual blessing in where? In the heavens. In heavenly places, in Christ. Now, we just ran through this whole thing where he's told us. He said, you are blessed if you're poor in spirit, humble. He said, the kingdom belongs to you. He said, when you are overjoyed about being, about being humble, he said, the kingdom automatically comes to you, Shambi. When heaven looks down and they, stay, and they scan your spiritual life and they see that you are overjoyed with humility, they release the kingdom to you. When heaven looks down and they see the compassion in you that makes you mourn for others and cry Abba in situations, it says, then you will be comforted. When heaven looks at you, at your life, at circumstances and situations that you are being placed in, and they see that you are meek, you have control power, where you could shut somebody down, where you could shut somebody up, where you can, where you can if, if you are their boss, you can fire them. <laughs> when you can change someone else's life, and you make a decision not to, the scripture says, then you will inherit the earth. I'm trying to teach y'all how to be blessed. I'm trying to teach you how to be blessed. Because I don't want you telling you blessed, but there's no meekness. He says, when you are merciful on people, he said, then you will get mercy. Which means when we are extremely critical what does that do? It puts us in situations where we show up for something and they're extremely critical of us. He said, but when you're extremely merciful for people and you get put in situations, mercy is given to you. But not just when you're merciful, when you love being merciful. He said he need to look from heaven and, 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 and he need to see that you are overjoyed with being merciful. You don't have another option about you. You see the reasons why. He said, then mercy will be applied to your life. Then he said, you are blessed when you are pure in heart. He said, when you are pure in heart, he said, then you will see God. We ain't, talk we ain't talking about prophetic. We're talking about you being able to look at his children or even look at a sinner and see who he said they are. He said, when you get to that point where your eyes don't see the, the, the person in the flesh, but when you see who he is spiritually cultivating them to be, he said, then and only then will you see God. Because that's how dishonor happens. 
when we look at one another, but we only see each other in the flesh. That's what the world do. That's what sinners do. They, they, people, some people, look, they, look, they don't see an apostle. They see every mistake I make. They say every issue in my life. They don't see who he called me to be. That's why when Paul came to the church, he said, we no longer see Christ in the flesh. The reason why? Because it was a stumbling block to them. Why? Because the man in the flesh died on the cross. And that represented a thief. So he said, we no longer see him in this manner. We see him as a spirit. So he says, when, when, when you are cool and you have no problem, you are overjoyed with having been persecuted. For righteous sake, he said, then the kingdom will come to you. Now, that's crazy, ain't it? That's crazy. We're going somewhere. He says, when people revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil things against you, falsely for my sake, and you love it. You don't shrink. You don't back down. You don't stop the work. He said, then and only then will the kingdom come to you. Then and only then with mantles and anointing and revelation and power. You can pray all you want to until there's some conformity in your soul. It won't come to you. So in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, he said, blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, when he said bless in, in the book of Matthew, it is the Greek word makarios, uh, which means happy or to have joy. But now this word right here is the word, um, oh God, I hate saying these words. Give me, uh, give me those. Yes. No, you go, go back is the word eulagros, you, you, you okay? Just, just, I don't, I, yeah, yeah. Okay, y'all get what I'm saying? All right. Eulagetos, okay. But, so he says, blessed be the God and Father. Now watch this. I want you to see this. He said, blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this word in the Greek means that he is the source of all blessings. Meaning all good things are in him. It means he is the source of all praise. Meaning his way, his truth, and his life will be lauded over. Meaning that it's what we should be impressed with to the point of desiring to mature into it. This is why he said that he, that, that he predestined us to conform to the image of Christ. This is why he told us to be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. Now, he went from saying, blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, letting us know that our Father is blessed. He's the source of all blessings. But it says, who 
has blessed us. Now, in blessing us, this means that he has revealed the blessings. This is consecratory blessings. This is blessings that he gives us because we consecrate ourselves unto him. These are blessings that come to us as we conform to his image. This is a blessing that he gives to us because he has given us his name. <laughs> and he only releases this favor when we conform. So he said, blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Okay, now he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Now, spiritual blessings means that he is now ready to release the blessing. But when he releases the blessing, it is because he is announcing from heaven praise over your life. He is lauding over how you are living. This is when he blesses you because he looks and he sees that you are dead in Christ. It's a ceremonial release of blessings. Y'all with me? Okay. Now, the word eulagetos, eulagio, and you say what? And you eulagia, eulagia. All these words come from eulogo, which is where we get the word eulogy from. Now, the word eulogo, you means good. Logo means word. So we are only blessed and he only releases the blessings when heaven can read your eulogy. When, when heaven looks down into earth and they see that you are dead in Christ, it begins to announce to heaven that you can release the blessings. The blessings are only released when the father is proud of your lifestyle. Amen. I got proof. Y'all ready? Amen. That's why I say we have to stop thinking that money is blessings. Unless the money came because you was poor in spirit. Every blessing that he has for is, is a spiritual blessing. So in order to receive the spiritual blessing, you have to die to the flesh. That's why Paul said to live is to live for Christ. That's why Paul said to live is to live for Christ. This is why Jesus said that we have to what? Deny ourselves. This is why he said, if you humble yourself, I will exalt you. So he's looking from heaven. It don't matter what people say. You got to get to the place where you enjoy. Matter of fact, you have to get to the place where you know. Soon as you see people coming against you, soon as you see the rough path in your life, coming, you got the blessing that's coming. The blessing is on its way. Soon as somebody insults you, you got to take that thing in, knowing that this is the opportunity for me to get what? Blessed. This is the opportunity for me to show my father he can trust me.
Psalms chapter one says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scornful. Here we go. He said, blessed, happy, overjoyed is the man who walks not in the counsel of ungodly, which means you're blessed. The quickest way to lose blessings is to let ungodly people minister to you. That's why the Bible says evil communication corrupts good character. You have to, all, we all have to understand this. Heaven is listening to the, your conversations. Okay? You have to understand this. Heaven is listening to even the ones in your mind. Heaven is hearing your conversations. I'm trying to help you to get blessed. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of ungodly, which means you have to kill the voices in your head that are, that are controlling the way you act. Then it says that you're blessed when you do not stand in the path of sinners. So which means it is our obligation to be what? Light? To be salt? Because when you are light and you are salt, the blessing is released. Why? Because I'm not standing in the way of sinners. I'm showing, I'm, I'm showing them the past. Then heaven can what? Release the blessing. Then it says, I'm blessed when I don't sit in the seat of scornful, which means I'm always in contempt. I'm always mad about something. I'm always complaining about something. He says, when you are not doing those things and you don't sit in that seat, then you will be blessed. I'm trying to teach you how to get blessed. The blessed life. The blessed life is, is, is learning how to endure insults. The blessed life is enduring persecution. Not just enduring it, Shanika, but loving it. We're going to get to a place where we're where, where we going we to go into praise breaks when people talk about us. Y'all got religious real quick there. <laughs> so he says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Say amen. amen. Nor stands in the path of sinners. Say amen. amen. Nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Say amen. amen. Verse two, but his delight. But, his del but he delights. In the word, honor all men. You'll be blessed when you delight in that. Amen. I told you we all for milk. Amen. We all for milk. Blessed are you when you submit. Right. Oh boy. Right. Blessed are you when you're ridiculed when, when, watch this. When you don't exchange evil for evil. When someone give you evil and you give them good, heaven speaks good of you. He said, watch this, but his delight is in the law. 
Delight, blessed, overjoyed, happy to be poor in spirit. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. Learn of me. Deny yourself. His delight. I got to stay right. I don't know. Just right. Just that feel like a good space to stay. We have to delight in the word. It has to be the way that we do. Things. This is the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ was I only do what my father tell me to do. Why would he say that his sheep hear no other voice? His sheep don't meditate on problems. On issues, on circumstances. On the past. On what people done to them. That's why Jesus came to Peter and said, uh, how often should I forgive a brother in a, in a day? He said seven times. He said seven was, come on now, we can't, get, now that's a, that's a measuring stick for some of us. Can we get seven? <laughs> that's a, watch this. That is a, that's a carnal measuring stick. Jesus said seven times 70. So he said 490 times in a day, every man, woman, and child on this planet has the right to offend you, and you have to forgive them. And when you uphold that standard, heaven will bless you. Verse 3 says, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit, mm, that brings forth its fruit in its season. So look, y'all, look, y'all, you got to go through seasons of this before the fruit bears. I'm going to correct you just to see if you're poor in spirit. I'm not gonna, I do it all the time. I'll say something just to see what you say back. I just want to see where you are. I want to see if the Bible says give those honor, but then those who hold these double honor. I want to see if it's there. I got to make sure. You're going to be tested. You're gonna be, this is where you grow up at in the family. Somebody in here going to do something to you. And that thing that they're going to do to you is going to be predicated on you receiving your next blessing. Somebody going to lie on you. They're going to say your breath stank. They're going to talk about your shoes. They're going to talk about your hair. And, and you got to show up the next Sunday. And then the father going to tell you, go pray for them. Or he going to tell you, give, give, give them a blessing. Since, since blessing is money, right? <laughs> Bless them with $500 from your account. But they just talked about me. I know. I know. This is meat. You got to digest. You can't digest. You can't just swallow it. You got to chew on this. It's going to be sitting in your belly for a while. You say meat takes 72, 72 hours to digest. He says that brings forth fruit in his season. 
whose leaves, leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Ain't this what we want to be? Verse 4, the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. All you got to do is say something to them. They stop showing up to church. All you got to do is not give them what they want. I have somebody leave this church because we wouldn't let their wife, because when they got time to pray, I didn't call their wife to pray. Chaff. It says, verse 5, Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteousness, of the righteous. And watch this. This is what happens when it says nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. This is what happens when people will come in to the church setting and then they will say people are cliquish. The thing about it is, watch this, people who pray hang out together. People who fast, come on, hang out together. People who believe in doing the Father's will hang out together. Come on now. So he said, look, no, he says sinners, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. <laughs> we are supposed to be so well built to the place where sinners feel uncomfortable around us. But this other one right here was when he says, therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. He's saying that they won't have a voice in the congregation. They won't have a voice amongst us. Heaven is not speaking to them. That's what he let them know. And you see this in the book of Corinthians. Do you know when Paul says that um, he says, if you are married and you're a woman, he says, your body doesn't belong to you. And he says, if you're a man and you're married, he says, your body doesn't belong to you. But then after he said that, he said, this didn't come from the Lord. He was standing in judgment. And because of his lifestyle, he could release that wisdom and it became scripture. That's why I can make a statement like take your spiritual life serious and heaven backs it up. That's why we can t I can tell you to practice righteousness and the father won't let it leave your mind. There's several scriptures in the Bible. If you read, just read it. That's why I told you I read the epistles. If you read these epistles, you will see it several times in epistles where Paul said the Lord didn't say this. This is me. Because some things just come with wisdom and you just need to obey it. Verse six says, for the Lord knows the ways of the righteous. It says, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So now, blessed 
always deals with us holding the standards of Christ. Bless always deals with us holding the standards of Christ. So if we are to say that we are blessed, by what standards are we blessed? If we are saying that we are blessed, is it because we went through what Jesus went through? 40 days in the wilderness being tried, being tested, being tempted so that he could pass a test and heaven could release the power. That's why I try to tell people all the time, everybody wants Jesus' ministry, but they don't want the test. Everybody want, want to walk in what Jesus has, but they don't want to endure the scrutiny. They don't want the nails. They don't want to be slapped in the face. They don't want the crown of thorns. He could have quit at any time. They don't want to carry the cross. They don't want to be killed. That's why he said, if you're going to be my follower, he said, the first thing you have to do is deny yourself, lose your selfish ways. Understand it's not about me. Then he said, what? Pick up your cross, which means you're carrying a cross because you have a plan to die. He says, once you've done that, he said, Charles, then and only then can you follow me. So until I have denied myself and I have picked up my cross, I'm not a believer. And you can be a son of God, a daughter of God. You can be a child of God and not be a believer. Because it's, it, it's, it, it, it's, to have faith is different than to be a believer. A believer is what you walk in every day. Being a believer is what we trust in. It's what we confide in. It's when, when times get tough, what do we turn to? That's what it means to be a believer. This is what heaven is looking at. So if we say that we are blessed, then this means that we have been tested, we have been tempted, and we have been tried, and we have joyously, watch this, held the standard of Christ. We didn't do it grieving. We didn't do it arguing. We didn't do it kicking and screaming and fighting and complaining. No, we didn't do it that way. We did it happy. So if we say we want the blessed life, what does that mean? We have to die. We have to deny ourselves. That's why the Bible says, Jesus said, learn of me. He said, learn of me. Learn of me, because I'm meek and I'm lowly of heart. This is why the Bible said he predestined us to conform to the image of his son. Why would he predestine us to conform? So we could receive. Why would he tell us to imitate him as his beloved children? So what? We can receive. Mm. So as the church, we have to desire to live the blessed life. Y'all okay? Y'all good? Y'all growing? You got to chew on that. That's, that is meat. You have to chew on that because it's tough. It's not easy. He knew it. It's not, this is not easy. But it can be done. It has to be done. Your blessings depend on it. So if we are to say we're blessed, if we're going to say we're blessed, what we're saying is that heaven is looking at my life 
in their seed and I'm dead. And I'm alive in Christ. And the Father is lauding the, his praises on you. Read Ephesians chapter 1, where he constantly talks about his praise to glory, which means he wants to give us his glory, then he wants to look at us and brag about us as his children. So let us pray.